Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well. I'm very excited for today's episode of the Think Unbroken podcast with my guest, Brian Keene. Um, this guy's journey and story from childhood trauma into creating a massive change in his life, including running multiple endurance races in both the Sahara and the Arctic are incredible. I'm very excited for this conversation. We're going to talk about not only fitness and nutrition and changing your life and, and your physical body, but also the mental aspects of it and how getting to this place of pushing yourself physically is a part of the journey of, of healing and recovering from your childhood experiences. So it's a very empowering and powerful conversation. It hit really home for me. Um, Brian Keene is super awesome, has an amazing podcast. We'll talk about all that stuff here in just a minute. But before we do, of course, I just want to take a moment and read you a review and say thank you to everyone who goes on iTunes, searches Think of Broken Podcast, hits that five stars and leaves a review. Every single time that you do that, not only does it mean the world to me and I read them, but also it helps pushes us up in the algorithms of iTunes, which means more people can get access to this life-changing and transformational information. So if you would do that, please, it would mean the world to me. Um, but I'm going to read one right now from Emily with a lot of numbers behind it. Uh, it's called, I Appreciate This Podcast. Honesty and transparency can be rare. Whoa, let me start that over. Honesty and transparency can be rare in today's world, and both are found here. Appreciate this podcast and its empowering mission. Emily, my friend, thank you so much. I appreciate you. I also appreciate every one of you in the Unbroken Nation for taking the time to listen, to like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends. It really means the world to me. Um, and today's episode is super awesome. I'm very excited for Brian, for his work, for his mission. Um, and we're going to talk about the dark side a little bit here. We're going to talk about pushing yourself. We're going to talk about what it means to get to this place in life where you really start 
to create massive transformation and change one step at a time. So without further ado, my friends, Brian Kane. We'll be right back to the show, but before we do, I'm going to take a moment and tell you about my new book, Unbroken Man, A Man's Guide to Being the Hero of Their Own Story. I sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance, that need support, that need to learn about trauma, removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man, and I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com to pre-order, and until next time, be unbroken. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with another episode. Today's guest is Brian Keene, who is a reps qualified level three personal trainer, certified strength and conditioning coach, and sports nutritionist. Brian, my friend, how are you today? What is going on in your world? I am amazing, Michael. I'm really looking forward to chatting. I know we've done you on my podcast. Now I'm on your podcast and I've been listening to it for a while. So I'm really looking forward to chatting and diving into all different types of topics. Yeah, man, me too. I'm super excited to be here with you. So as someone who firmly believes in nutrition and physical fitness and trying to take control of your body, uh, tell everybody a little bit about your story, your journey, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so kind of short elevator pitch in terms of my background. I used to be an elementary school teacher. So in 2010, I was working as an elementary school teacher teaching five, six-year-olds, everything that you would think you teach five and six-year-olds, their ABCs, their one, two, threes, et cetera. And I spent four years getting a degree and then one year postgraduate. And I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, My family, most of my family, extended family, cousins were all teachers. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. That's what everybody in the family says I should do. It's a good job. It's, you know, respectful. People think it's you know there's good holidays and all of these things so I went down that road and was about an hour into my first day teaching and realized this isn't what I want to do I was like I've spent four years and then a fifth year getting a postgraduate degree to become an elementary school teacher and this isn't what I want to do and a short story or a long story short I came home that Christmas after working as a teacher for three months and my mom asked me, she was like, you know, you look really unhappy. You're obviously not liking what you're doing. And she put words to me that I've put to hundreds of people since thousands when you consider the podcast. And she asked me, what would I do for free? And I said, well, I would work in a gym for free. I was like, I'd love to be in fitness, but I didn't know you could make money doing that. I didn't know any personal trainers. I didn't know this was pre-online before it blew up. And I was like, I would work in the gym. I don't know what I would do, but I'd like to be in a gym. So I signed up got my fitness instructor course, then went on and got my level three personal training, got my strength and conditioning badges, my sports nutrition. And for two years, Michael, I worked as an elementary school teacher during the day and I worked as a personal trainer in the gym at nighttime. And then in 2014, made the switch over, started working full-time as a one-to-one personal trainer, helping people with their fitness, lose weight, build muscle, get into shape for sports, etc. And then in 2016, I moved online fully. And then it's just been a roller coaster since then. I released my first book, The Fitness Mindset in 2017. That book did incredible, very similar to Think Unbroken. You know, for me, it was on the Amazon bestseller list for 16 weeks. It kind of skyrocketed the entire business in terms of the programs and the amount of people I could help. And then over the last few years, I've transitioned into different courses, different programs of helping people with their weight loss, with their fat loss, with their body composition. And then on the side, taking care of all my stuff. You know, we talked on my podcast about how I've used running as my kind of facilitator for working through some of my traumas and some of my issues and how that's been the thing that's helped me. So the last 18 months, 24 months, 36 months has been just kind of soul searching and kind of doing a deep dive back into what it is that drives me, what it is that has motivated me to kind of get to where I'm at and dealing with some of those traumatic moments that sometimes I was living on automatic. You know, I did some crazy things. I was a professional fitness model competing in bodybuilding shows. I was literally doing, you know, 30 hours a week of workouts, dieting, and just trying to get my body as big as possible for bodybuilding shows and just 
crushing workouts and just anything that would disconnect me from reality and then transitioned out into the world of ultra running, running through the Sahara, running through the Arctic, two races that I've done. And it's all been kind of to get to the end point of, well, who am I? Who is Brian Keane? Well, what is it that's fueling me? And realizing that a lot of these things are coming from traumatic experiences. It's hurt that's fueled a lot of this. And over the years, I've gone from teacher to personal trainer to online coach to endurance athlete. And to be honest, all I've been trying to do is get to this end point. One of the things that's helped me so much with your podcast particularly is realizing that you're, you're, you're just trying to cover over things. I was trying to distract myself. I was trying to figure out what it was that was driving me and why I was the way I was. And over the last two years, I think COVID helped a lot with this, with the lockdowns and the self-reflection that comes alongside that. And it's kind of got me out to the other side. So on top of the health and fitness, which I still do and I still love, it's my passion, it's my calling. A lot of it's been self-discovery through what it is that drives me and realizing that it's a lot of my experiences that got me to where I am now and just trying to put more labels on those and trying to get clearer on those pictures. Yeah, and I, I think the only way that one does get clear on that is you you do have to push yourself. And and maybe in that, there is a part of it where you're like, I'm distracting myself. But there there's always felt to me, and, and I resonate in some ways, like I've never done an endurance race, but you know, running multiple businesses, running multiple programs, like that's an endurance race in a sense. And so much of it I, I find, and I'm curious if this is your experience too, so much of that I find is really just me trying to push myself and seeing what I'm capable of. Is that, is that your experience with this as well? It is now. It is now. I think what got me into it first probably wasn't bodybuilding particularly. So they're very two ends of an opposite fitness spectrum, even when it comes to look, but the training as well. Bodybuilding is all about getting big and muscular and lowering your body fat. Like I was one of those, stepped on stage, you know, I competed in that. I was a professional fitness model. I was professional in my category. And it was very much a case of that was me trying to numb out and distract because I was doing multiple hours of cardio a day. My calories were too low to think. I was weight training and crushing my workouts and I was doing everything that just distracted me from daily life. When I think of running and endurance on the other end of the spectrum, I was running towards something. Some would say I was running away from things. Again, I could argue probably both sides on that. But I went into running as a way to trying to self-discover you know we talked and you mentioned this when you're on a run and your ipod goes dead and your ear pods go dead and you can't hear anything it's just you and your thoughts and for me running facilitated that and i was able to uncover a lot of the issues that i had a lot of the stories that would come up a lot of the things that i had ignored and realities that i had just completely put to the back of my mind because they were too hurtful uncomfortable or i just didn't want to deal with them running was a facilitator towards bringing those to consciousness to my kind of frontal of my mind and then I was able to dive into them so I would say I've been on both ends of those spectrums with running now I love seeing how far I can push my body you know in 2018 I ran six back-to-back -back marathons in the Sahara in 2019 I ran 230 kilometers through the Arctic Circle over five days in 2020 I ran my first ever 100 mile ultra marathon and they were down to well, how far can I push my body I'm like where will it go where's its breaking point you know think unbroken I'm like where's its breaking point and every time I pushed it it didn't break and it made me curious to how much further I could push it. Now, there's definitely a point of diminishing returns there. You know, you could go to 200 miles and 300 miles and, you know, just basically run until you die if you wanted. But I'm very curious for me as somebody that was my own biggest enemy even between my two years for so long, those self-limiting stories of I can't do it. You know, you know, you spoke about this on my podcast, that the internal dialogue and you're a loser, you know, you can't do that. That's for other people. When I chat, challenge myself with these events, it, it voice to the back burner. I always think of it like, you know, your angel and demon on both sides. Like you're, you're, you have a voice telling you to stop. You can't do it. You're a loser. You're not good enough. And you have a voice telling you, how far can you push it? Can you keep going? And you're just trying to feed that voice more often than not. And I found that running endurance events in particular helped me feed that positive voice. And as a result, you just build more confidence over time. You know this from running multiple businesses and from doing what you're doing, working through what you've worked through in terms of your history and your past and making your mess, your message. You know this better than anybody. You develop confidence out the other end because you realize who you are. You get very dialed in with your true self, your authentic self. And for me, those races and events at the time, particularly 2018, 2019, 2020, now I still do them 
but that's what helped get me there and pushing my body to see where it could go. And I think it's relative, relative for everybody. Some people that's running 5k in the gym or running a mile in the gym. For others, it's trying to squat more weight on the bar. If you're not able to just squat or bench the bar, you know, if it's fitness related, it's so relative and, you know, digging into journaling and getting uncomfortable with your thoughts and sitting in a room by yourself and meditating. These are all versions of doing difficult things that you know you should do and that will make your life better if you did them consistently, but you don't for some reason. And that's just my version of that. Getting up at 5 a.m., running and doing those workouts, even though I don't feel like doing them, that makes me stronger, makes me mentally tougher, makes me feel more disciplined and confident in myself while I do it on repeat. Yeah, and I, I think there is some really interesting validation in your own human experience when you push yourself outside of what you believe you're capable of doing, because that's the only place ultimately in my belief that I feel like you get to this place where you discover who you are. But I think also within that, there is there is a turning point somewhere in there, right? Because I think you start to, and this was my experience, you start to notice like, wait a second, maybe this thing that I'm doing that I think is making my life better actually isn't right. Like IE for you, bodybuilding going, wait, wait a second, wait a second. I'm calorie deficient. I'm killing myself in here. Or I'm not performing. Like, is this really what I want? How did you get to this place? Cause I want to create something practical here for people, because I think that very often, I know that very often we do things that we believe are for our betterment, but actually they're for our detriment and they're taking away away from us. So was there a moment, was there something that became an anchor that helped you recognize or understand, wait a second, maybe this thing I think I'm supposed to be doing actually isn't? Yeah, my daughter being born. Um, that was my that was my catalyst for the change. I was preparing. My daughter was born, Holly. She's six now, was born in May 2015. And at the time, I was preparing for the WBFF World Championships in Las Vegas in August 2015. And she was only a couple of weeks old. And my brain brain was so dead I had barely processed that I now had a daughter in this world and I had somebody that I was that was going to be around and that I had to be my best self for that I worked and I was so brain dead from being calorie deficient prepping for that show and training the whole time and I reflect on that and I thought for several weeks after she was born I was like I don't think I can do this anymore I was like I really don't I was like this is actually robbing from my life I don't feel energetic I don't feel like I'm in a good mood I, do, I feel like I'm going to be a crap dad and one of the things that scared me the most when she was born and it definitely brought up a lot of issues with me was I was terrified I was going to, that, you know, I was either going to be abusive, you know, for whatever reason, based on past experiences, or I was going to be completely disconnected. And, you know, I wanted that relationship to be good. And thankfully, you know, I can't speak to, you know, come back to me in 18 years, you know, 20 years, and I'll tell you, but as of now, she's six, we have an amazing relationship. Like I'm constantly trying to channel up and build up and layer the foundations of that relationship so that I'm her person. You know, we spoke on my podcast. My mom was always my go-to person. Like she was my anchor and everything. Like I asked my mom for any advice that I ever needed. Anytime I wanted to get an opinion on something, anytime I felt something hurt me, I could go to my mom for that. And I wanted to be that for my daughter. And when I was bodybuilding, I didn't feel like I was going to be that. The inversion of who I wanted to be and what I was doing day to day weren't coinciding with another and that's when I left it I did my fi final show I did the Worlds in, in August in 2015 I finished 8th finished gold we tried to get top 5 but we got top 10 and I was like I'm done I stepped away from it and that was it I wasn't going to do it again and when I transitioned into the world of ultra running and endurance I it didn't I, I said I would do it as long as it didn't rob from my relationship with my daughter who was at the time the most important thing to me and Running didn't do that because for running, I could get up earlier. I started joining the 5 a.m. club and I had a morning run before anybody in the house was open or anyone in the house, apologies, was awake. So I could do that. And I wasn't calorie deficient. I could eat as much as I wanted. I was running 50, 100 miles a week. It didn't matter. So I felt good and my energy was good and my mood was robbed from my life. So I was able to keep that. But to keep the kind of experimental mode on it i said michael when i started if running takes from this i'm st i'm not doing it i was like i don't care enough about this that if it if it's taken away from my life i'm not going to continue it but it didn't it ended up enhancing my life i ended up going through a complete journey of self-discovery off the back of it 
healing a lot of traumas, asking a lot of questions that were difficult that I didn't want to deal with and process and handle that would come up on runs and they would come up frequently. You know, I think you, you can speak to this. Some of the those experiences and issues you don't want to deal with keep coming up. Like, you know, what you, res- what you pers- resist will persist. Like, and I would go on a run and it would come up again. And it would come up again. I'd push it back down. And then eventually it just kept coming up. You know, deal with your childhood issues. Deal with your trauma. Deal with your insecurities. Deal with your constant need for external validation. Deal with your confidence issues. These things just kept coming up for me. And I, I felt like for the first time in my life, I was letting them breathe. And I was letting those ideas hold in my mind so that I could kind of go deeper on them and I think it makes me a better person for me you know it makes me a better dad I think I think I'm a better partner because of it hopefully I'm a better son a better you know brother a better person in general as a result of diving deeper but to answer the question and a long way around it was bodybuilding took from that so it's why I didn't keep it but for me endurance events particularly at the time added to it and made me feel like I was better asking better questions of myself I was building up more confidence within myself and as a result it was beneficial so once it was that I was going to keep doing it but bodybuilding had to be cut because it did the opposite yeah that's really powerful and so much about that is in self-awareness right because I think without taking inventory of where you're at and paying attention to it a lot of that is kind of fruitless right because you could have kept stuffing it down and stuffing it down stuffing it down but but I think that these experiences and and really the the thoughts that we carry with us like they want to be exposed they want to be dealt with they want to be seen and and the more you push it down like the, they're going to come out whether you like it or not and so that's kind of the experience that I hear that you had like deep into these runs what i what i'm curious about though with that said is what did you do with that information because it's one thing i think to kind of hear it and you're like yeah i get it brain i get it body trauma bullshit whatever but like what do you actually do with it once it starts to come up the analogy i use probably ties well here for most people is when somebody has hit a point and you were there i think at 25 you know when you were overweight and you just get this point where you're like i'm not happy with where i'm at i need to make a change and then we're getting the law of attraction reticular activation system your brain's internal GPS, you start seeing things there that you never noticed before. You know, the analogy I use is if you walk into a room and somebody else has the same pair of shoes as you, there could be 50 people in the room, but you notice the pair of shoes because you have the exact same ones at home in your cupboard or in your wardrobe. And that's what started to happen to me. When those thoughts came up, I started to see books that were always there that I didn't see before. I started to see TED Talks and videos online and courses and people who could potentially support me on my journey who were always there, but just I didn't spot them because they weren't in my, you know, my vision. They weren't, they, it was just oblivious. Like we spoke, Michael, on my podcast that if I came across your content at 25, I'd be like, what is, I'm not going down that road. I'm not talking about that. Trauma, what's that? No, it's good. I'm going to go lift my weights over here. Like that, that, that would have been my approach where when I hit my late 20s, my early 30s, that content started to jump out at me when I started to run. I started to run around 30. I'm nearly 34 now. And I started to see things that were always there that were able to help me. Now, I took action. You know, one of the advantages, and you know this as an entrepreneur because business people have this, fitness people tend to have this. You don't tend to just analyze things and not take action on it. Fitness people tend to work out entrepreneurs tend to take action and get their business off the ground. So taking action was never an issue that I had. I have many faults. My God, I've got so many faults. But thankfully, taking action on things isn't one of them. And when those thoughts started to come up and those issues that I had to deal with, I started to seek out potential solutions for them. You know, whether it was books or podcasts, courses or conversations with people. I was exploring things and conversations like this that I would never have entertained several years before. And as a result, I was constantly, like it's a slow and steady race. Like it's, it's a turtle versus a hare. Like for me anyway, dealing with those issues and insecurities and traumas, it, it's, it's not uh, polar jumps. It was small, steady increases you know i asked you the question i'm ever go away and you said you know the impact that the, the the impact of it that the sting of it that the feeling reduces greatly and then that can potentially go away 
that's what happened. It was those small, steady steps of consuming the right information, using the tools, like what you talk about on this podcast, like in other books, you know, The Body Keeps the Score, a big one that I'm a fan of that I come back to regularly, you know, Think Unbroken. I know you've written a whole book on this. Like you're looking for tools out there that are going to potentially help you. But if you're the mindset of the person who knows what you need to do and you don't do it, you have a character issue that you probably need to address versus, you know, similar to what we said earlier about learning to push yourself when it's beneficial because it, you're not taking the easy life. You're doing the things that you would know will make your life better if you did it consistently, regardless of how you feel. And you're you're taking the action step. So some people are like me. They'll take the action. The hardest part is letting it breathe and letting it will take the action off the back of it. If you're on the other side of that spectrum where you have an issue with taking action, you need to arm yourself with to force you to do things. You know, figure out when you're most motivated or your most disciplined time times of the day or, you know, when does your brain work self-awareness to figure out how do I take these baby steps to potentially help me deal with it? So based on where you fall on the spectrum, you're going to take a different approach. Yeah. And I, I think baby steps are everything in this. And I always tell people, you know, if you're focusing on 15 miles, you'll never make it to one step. And that's so much of this journey is like, just go do one thing to make your life different. And, you know, it life isn't, I, I love the, the kind of parallel between an endurance race and life because life is a fucking endurance race. Like every single day, you got to get up and make decisions. You have to put yourself in a position to be successful. And the hard part about it that people just don't hold on to is that recognizing nobody else is going to do it for them. And I, I think that a part of this that probably plays a very big role is, is like, I don't want to call it lack of mental toughness because I think that's unfair because people, especially trauma survivors, are incredibly resilient. I know people have like brought up from the ashes like fucking phoenixes rising yourself, me, people on this show, people listening to this show, so many people. I don't think it's necessarily mental toughness that's lacking, but I, I think there's there's a space between I've made a decision, okay, this is the thing I think I want to do, and actually doing it. So how do you bridge that gap? Like, what is the differentiator? What is that action that you take prior to action, right? That gets you from, I'm in my head about this. I think I can do it to I'm going to fucking wake up at 5 a.m. because I want to have my life. It sounds so simplistic and it is. And the, and I will break down the act actually applying it because the difficulties in the application, because actually bridging the gap is very straightforward. You get super clear on the end goal and you ask yourself, what do you need to do day to day that's going to support me hitting that end goal? It is as straightforward as that. You know, you've worked with trauma survivors. I work with a lot of overweight people, a lot of people looking to lose weight who have 100 pounds to lose, maybe 150 pounds to lose. We don't focus on 100 pounds. We focus on losing the first pound, then the first two, then the first five, then the first six, and then we gradually keep doing that. When I ran my first 100-mile ultramarathon, one of the questions that would come back into my Instagram was, how did you run 100 miles? You know, it took me 26 and a half hours. How did you run 100 miles? I said, I didn't run 100 miles. I said, I ran one mile 100 times. I was like, I broke it down in my mind that this is what I was doing. And every single goal you have, regardless of how big it is, you know, it's the old adage of how do you eat an elephant? You read it bite by bite. You break down, you get clear on the end goal, like super crystal fucking clear. What is it you're looking to do? And then you break it down into its smallest component parts, which is normally what you do day to day. It's going to help you hit that end goal. In the case of weight loss, what are the foods you need to eat today? Or what's the workout you need to do? Or the step count you need to hit? You know, you're, you're keeping all times, but you're doing the things day to day that are going to help you hit that end goal. It is a straightforward as simple as that like after that now why you can't do it consistently comes down to normally your process it's normally a breakdown in the process weight loss is a great example uh, you know unsustainable diets too many changes too soon doing things you can't stick to because it doesn't fit into your lifestyle there's all these pitfalls that people fall down in you know 100 mile ultramarathons ultra endurance events business is exactly the same. There's so many pits why working with the likes of me, working with the likes of you, working with other coaches or trainers, whoever connects with you can shorten that gap because all we are doing as coaches, like you know this, like you can't do the work for anybody. Like I haven't, not one hand up of you done this on your side. I know it's slightly different areas we work in. I haven't fed a client a meal ever. Like I've never been like, here, here's your broccoli, eat your broccoli. Like they have to do that themselves. They have to decide what food I'm eating. And making the choice themselves. Same as the workout. My entire life and 10 years of working in the fitness industry lifted a weight for a client. 
They've done it. They've had to squat, bench it. They've had to press it. They had to do it. So putting that ownership back on them, this is you. I'm your facilitator. I will help you. I will give you everything you need to do, and I will be your roadmap. I will tell you how you get from New York to California. I'll tell you how you get from you know Berlin to Hamburg. I'll tell you exactly how to get there if we keep the analogy of traveling drive i'm like you're going to have to make the trip and once people really see that it makes it a little bit easier because all those co- all coaches are is we can blanket off those pit- don't go down that road because it's a dead end don't go down that road because there was a car crash there like you know you're, you're in the case of diets avoid this diet avoid this process and you're using it to help each other like that's all that's all they do books can do that podcasts can do that coaches obviously have an advantage because you're working directly it is as straightforward as that mental toughness has nothing really to do with it in my experience particularly with weight loss in my area mental toughness is something that's seen from the outside people will attribute it mental toughness to me because they'll see some of the endurance events i've done in particular but i don't consider myself mentally tough that's a lay people for people on the outside to give me i see myself as somebody who has formed good habits that's clear on my end goal and consistently does the things every day that helps me hit that end goal if someone else wants to put mental toughness on that Great, that's cool, but that's for other people to label. That's not for me. I don't use the word be mentally tough. I use, well, what do I have to do that's going to help me hit my end goal today? And if I can't do that consistently, what's the problem with the process? Why can't I get up from my runs? Why am I feeling motivated to do it? Do I not have a big enough why? Am I not, am I stressed out with other areas of my life? Am I robbing from other areas of my life? My family, my daughter, my partner, my loved ones. Like, is the reason I'm not motivated because it's robbing from other areas, hence the 5 a.m. starts. So that that doesn't happen. So you're combining self-awareness, you're checking in with the process, but it is as straightforward as to get clear on the end goal and consistently do things every day that help you hit that end goal. We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. And consistency is everything. You know, I, I'll never forget this. I was listening to um, an audio book and I don't remember who it was. Um, I want to say it was Mark Hyman, but I could be wrong. So I apologize to whoever this was. Um, and they said something about the correlation between like having your why and creating a pathway for the rest of your life. And they, he was talking about this fitness instructor who had come in and he was working with a client and this client was, you know, always falling over, never really getting into it, not being consistent, not hitting their goals, not doing the things that they needed to do. And, and he suggested, well, why don't you ask your client, do they have kids? And he goes, yeah, they got kids. And he goes, why does that matter? He goes, well, ask him if he wants to be at the daddy-daughter dance during his daughter's wedding. Because at the pace he's going, he's not going to make it. And that's really interesting to me because I think that, A, that hit me in the moment. It really did. Like I was like, I don't know that I'll ever have kids. Probably not on the cards for me. Um, but that moment was profound because I was like, Whoa, that that's the you that's tangible. You can touch that, you can feel that, you can imagine being at the wedding and watching from a distance, right? Like a movie, like a ghost, right? You're watching and you're like your daughter is dancing with someone else because you didn't go to the gym, because you didn't get your life together, because you didn't work on your trauma, because you didn't do the things that you knew you needed to do, and now you're dead. Right. That I know that's a fucked up thing to say, but it's so true. And it becomes such an incredible precursor and catalyst for creating a massive transformation in your life. What I'm curious about here, Brian, is 
for people listening, because I, I do believe that there is a correlation between mental healthness and physical healthness. I think they're hand in hand. People will argue, say maybe not. I'm a proponent that you can't have one without the other. So if you're in this place and you're like, man, my life is a disaster. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I don't want to do this. I don't want to fuck the 5 a.m. club. Like, where do you really like start in this? You start with small changes and realize that ordinary things done consistently well lead to extraordinary results over time. And it's not about making all these massive changes. And, and to keep the analogy of weight loss here, because I think weight loss, it, it goes across everything. It's entrepreneurship. It can be, you know, your trauma. It's the same kind of idea in terms of the principles of success from my experience anyway. You're breaking it down into what's the small change that I can do now that's going to inevitably lead to the end result that I want. And you stick to it no matter what. Like it can be something as simple, Michael, as, right, I'm not going to take the elevator. I'm not going to take the escalator. I'm not going to take the lift at work anymore. I'm going to take the stairs. That's consistent. Regardless of how small that change is, you have a weight loss goal. You've made this one change. You know, there's a lift and an escalator and an elevator that you could take to your fifth floor or sixth floor in your office, but no, you're going to take the stairs. That That's a non-negotiable. You've set your non-negotiable. I'm doing it regardless of how I feel. One of my mentors used to always tell me that successful people do what they have to do regardless of how they feel. You set it as a non-negotiable and that's what you do consistently over time. It's the same with food changes. You know, a big mistake people make is if you're 100 pounds overweight, you don't need to make massive just to lose weight. And some people will go on a mad diet or they'll change all of their meals and all of their food. I'm like, fuck, if you've got 100 pounds to lose, I'm like slightly eating less calories is going to be basic calories in, calories out for the majority of people. So if you're eating, you know, I, I had one girl that I was working with back when I was a one-to-one trainer before I moved online and she was 120 pounds overweight and she was eating, you know, seven or eight Mars bars every single night. And I was like, okay, I just want you to eat five. I was like, don't eat seven. I was like, eat five. That's, that's, I was like, keep everything in the same. I was like, and she's like, but no, I was like, I'm eating five Mars bears. I was like, nope, just eat five Mars bears. I was like, eat your normal food, keep doing what you're doing, but don't eat seven, eat five. And then after a month, we dropped it to four. And then after a month and a half, six weeks, we dropped it to three. Eventually brought it down that she was just eating one or two. And she lost a load of weight because that was still eliciting a calorie def- or a deficit for her. You know, she didn't even work out in the gym. Our whole first workout was we went up and down the stairs of the gym. It took an hour for her to go up and down the stairs twice. That was the entire workout for her. And we were able to get her weight down. I remember she sent me a photo. It was still one of my favorite things of all time. When she went into an airplane and into a plane and was able to put on the normal seats. She's like, this is the first time I didn't have to buy seats. And I was like, that's amazing. Because she was so big, she obviously had to use the seatbelts from the two seats. And she was able to put on the normal strap and buy one seat. And I was like, that it was amazing. As a coach, it's one of the best things you can get back from somebody and be like, you've impacted my life in this way. And it's those things. People will make too many big changes too soon in whatever it is they're doing. And that's a recipe for failure. Like you're going to fall off. Like nobody can change their entire life over the space of a week and expect to stick to it. Fucking, I consider myself quite disciplined and I can't do it, you know? And I think a lot of people, Michael, you're probably in the same bracket. You try and make way too many changes too soon. It's a recipe for failure. So set yourself up on the front end for success. Even if that's a small win that you consistently do because it's a non-negotiable, that's enough to get you up and running. And then you build on that. Another small change is like if you're trying to lose weight or build muscle or lose body fat and you haven't been eating that well, I'm like, change one of your main meals. I'm like, change your breakfast, make a healthy breakfast choice, maybe some scrambled egg, you know, um, some poached egg on a whole grain bagel. Eat whatever you want for lunch your normal food, eat whatever you want for dinner. And just for the next 14 days, for the next 21 days, you are making a good food choice at breakfast. You've made one meal choice that's going to have a positive impact on the rest of your day. And then in three weeks time, you look at your lunch. You start making a healthier food choice at lunchtime. And then for three weeks, you just do breakfast and lunch and you eat whatever you want for dinner, have whatever you want for snacks. And then in another three weeks, another four weeks, you look at your dinner. And then over the space of three months, even less in some cases, you've gone from eating whatever you want, not making any food conscious food choices, to eating a good quality breakfast, a good quality lunch, and a good quality dinner. So you're now probably feeling more energized. You probably have an increased metabolic rate, so you're probably burning more calories, so you're moving more throughout the day because your energy levels are up. Your sleep has probably improved. Your sex drive has potentially improved. Your hormones are more balanced because you're not eating all the artificial foods that you were eating before. And over three months, you've completely changed your diet. But people want to do it overnight and that's a mistake because it just doesn't help based on your starting point. So don't go from zero to 10, go from zero to one and then one to two and build from there. 
Yeah. And I could not agree more. I've never in my life did a complete 180 and had success. I never in my life just stopped doing a whole bunch of shit that was making my life bad. And suddenly my life got better. One of the things that I want to talk about, Brian, because I think this happens so frequently, is that people don't start these things because of fear of failure. And, and what I'm wondering here is, you know, especially when coupled with, you know, from your own experience and having trauma and working through that and getting to this place in your life, you know, how, how does one really start to step in through the fear of this entire process? process in consideration of, you know, a lot of times we carry a lot of darkness with us. I have two trains of thought on that. The first is probably one of the biggest mindset conceptions that I had for a massive chunk of my life. And that was seeing failure as a bad thing and seeing failure as an end product. Failure isn't a bad thing. Failure is feedback. It's feedback on what's not working. It's feedback on where you need to make changes. It's feedback on what you are doing right now for some reason isn't in alignment with where you want to go. And you use that feedback to make changes to make your life better. If that's food related, training related, mindset related, trauma related, you use it as feedback. My biggest mistake with failure, and I also, a misconception I held, I'm not sure if you had this as well, Michael, was I would attach to the label failure and didn't realize that failure was a thing that happened. I put my self-worth and my attachment of self to failure so my language for that was i'm a fucking failure like you know if i did it did something that wasn't to my expectation i'm like I'm a fucking failure i did it again not realizing that failure is this external thing that happens based on the actions you've taken and it's not who you are and i had to disconnect and disassociate from those two things and realize that it's just failure is this thing that happens as a result of some of the actions that i've taken so once i was able to separate that which isn't applicable for everybody, but it was for me. Then it was about realizing that failure is actually really helpful. And as an entrepreneur, you know this. Failure is feedback. You can make changes based on failure. Every every failed relationship, every b- failed business adventure. Took, it took me three attempts to get my business off the ground. I made three attempts, Michael, before I eventually got it off the ground because I kept fucking up. I kept making stupid mistakes. Like, you know, one of the things I did, which was when I look back in hindsight, in 2012, I was working as a teacher, an elementary school teacher during the day and a personal trainer at nighttime. And when I tried to make that transition over to make a full-time living, as a personal trainer, I rented out a gym, I think £670 at the time, on top of my rent. I didn't have a lot of money because you don't make a lot of money as an elementary school teacher in London. And I had no clients. I went and got a bad, um, branded kit. I went and got business cards. I had no fucking clients. Like, not realizing that because I wanted to be a personal trainer, that for me was down to, you know, the ego issue of, of people being like, well, he's successful. He's a personal trainer. He did the thing he said he was going to do. And I just wanted to look the part. And as a result, I fucking got broke. Like I had to, the, the only time in my entire life, Michael, I know we've had different experiences. Again, first world problem on my side, that it was the only time in my life when my bank account was zero. You know, I broke college student, didn't have loads of money growing up, didn't have loads of money as a teacher, but I always had something in my account. But that was the time it went to zero. And I had to go down the back of my couch in London to look for pennies so that I could get the bus to go to the bank so I could take out a loan to pay my rent that month. And that was failure. But now, 10 years later, that's feedback. I tell so many trainers that I work with and coaches that I work with, don't make that mistake. Don't pay those dumb taxes. Don't focus on shit that doesn't move your business forward. Focus on getting clients and helping people and things will grow that way. So that's one example of failure is feedback. And I think when you start to see it that way, you change your relationship with it. When you change your relationship with failure, it opens up a lot of doors that previously remained close to you. And then when it comes to the darkness, I've kind of changed my opinion on this in recent years because I've always been a subscriber or had for a long period of time been a subscriber of the Jungian philosophy that, you know, your, your roots need to go down to hell if you want your branches to reach up to heaven. And I, you know, feeding that dark side, like it's not a coincidence that I was able to make myself sick with leg workouts before a bodybuilding show. It's not a coincidence that I was able to run six back-to-back marathons in the Sahara or run through the Arctic. In the Arctic, I tore my Achilles 86 kilometers from the end and I ran the last 86 kilometers. I use the term ran loosely. I moved to 86 kilometers on a torn Achilles. Like that's darkness driving that. You know, for me, that's all the fucking, the soul, the dark side of it that's driving that. But it can be useful. You know, for a large period of my life, it was helpful for me. It got me through those workouts. It got me through those races. It got me through times when times got tough. 
but I also don't want to fucking live in that day to day. I don't want to be walking around playing with my daughter and playing, you know, Elsa and on and playing Frozen and dolls and being like having this fucking darkness over me. You know, I want to make sure that that's a tool that I have and a part of my personality I can check in with if I need it when times get tough. Because I quite like it. Don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, the Incredible Hulk. You know, it's quite, it's nice to have, because that darkness can fuel you, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking about the traumatic experiences as a kid, you're thinking about the people who bet the shit out of you, you're thinking about all the things that happened, and that shit fuels you, like, that's fucking fire, but fire, like anything, can light up your house or it can burn the fucking thing down, so you need to be very mindful of how your relationship is with it, and that's how I look about the darkness, it's something that I want and probably don't want to let go of just yet, because it's supportive, but I also don't want to, you know, steer in my car, I don't want it being in the front seat it gets put back into the back until i need it, or in, into the fucking boot or into the trunk until i need it and then when times get tough i can draw it and i can use it and it helps me and again i'm not sure how helpful that is for people but it's something that's massively supported me and has been kind of one of my methods for dealing with some of my issues some of my traumas some of the things that have happened to me in a positive way and kind of yeah and you know what what's really interesting about that man experiences is I... so that no please go ahead yeah, no, no, we, it was, we're good. Yeah, you know, I was just going to say, yeah, I resonate with that in such an important way because, like, the truth is you can carry that darkness and it can consume you. And for the most part, it does. You know, I look at my my 20s, my teens. I mean, that was all that darkness. I just didn't know what to do with it. But you can also displace that as energy, right? Think about this. Energy never goes away. It's only just transformed. And you can transform that energy to build something beautiful, to be a great dad, to run marathons with the fucking torn Achilles, right? You can tap into that part of you that helps you go to that next level, right? I think the human experience is full of pain and suffering and hurt and darkness. And like those things hold true, but so do light and happiness and joy and celebration. And I think that it's about finding that balance and using that energy in a way that can catapult you because I've used darkness in my life to, as a point of measurement, like honestly, dude, where I go, that is unacceptable. That, whatever the fuck was going on here, you are not allowed to live within that scope. You're not allowed to do that. And to your point, what I love you said earlier, I stopped negotiating with myself. It stopped being an option. You're not allowed to do these fucking things. You're not allowed to go to that place. You're not allowed to. But then it's also the the non-negotiation of you will do this. You will show up. You will, even if you don't feel great, do the thing you said that you're going to do. Why? Because you said you're going to do it. And ultimately, you want to get to that place where you're creating this massive change in your life, whether or not you've been through a traumatic experience, is to simply look at life through the scope of, can I leverage the things that have happened to me to use them to become the hero of my own story, even though they're still there. And, and that's the reality. That's the truth of it. Brian, my friend, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. I definitely want to go deeper with you in time, but for the sake of time, before I ask you my last question, can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. So I'm on everything. And thanks so much again, Michael. Again, my podcast is probably the best one. I'll link we have our episode on there too, which I got so much from personally. Uh, the Brian Keen podcast, M Keen Fitness, and everything else. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, the whole shebang. Awesome. And of course, we'll put all of the links in the notes for you, Brian. My last question for you, my friend, is what does it mean to you to be unbroken? It's such a great question. I had to have a little bit of a think about this. And for me, being unbroken means to be the oak tree in, oak tree in the storm. And I heard a line, I think it's from Jordan Peterson, that you need to be the strongest person at your parents' funeral. And that's something that stuck with me. And my analogy of that is be the oak tree in the storm. When I came back from the Arctic and I tore my Achilles 86 kilometers from the end and I was talking to medics up there who were like, look, your Achilles could rupture. And I was like, I'm finishing this fucking race. I was like, you're either going to pull me out of here on a helicopter getting to this finish line. I said I was finishing it. I'm not going home to my daughter. I'm not going home to my family. And being like, at some point, my Achilles will be healed. And I'd be like, well, I tapped out, you know, and probably a good reason to leave a race if ever you could was you've torn your Achilles. But I trained for this for a year in the lead up to it. It was the thing I was entirely focused on when it came to my physical training. And I had a completely different relationship with pain coming home from that. I came home from the Arctic and it took me six months to recover before I was able to run again. I had a completely different relationship with pain and pain transcends in different ways. And you know this, Michael, like having dealt with trauma, pain, emotional, physical pain, they all, they feel very similar. It's a very similar feeling. And coming home from the Arctic made me realize that I have 
and can withstand a lot more pain than I thought I could. And being unbroken for me is about consistently building up that ability to be an oak tree in the storm when shit hits the fan, that I'm the person that my family can turn to, my daughter can turn to, my partner can turn to. If stuff goes wrong and everyone else is falling around me, I'm going to be the oak tree and I'm going to be unbroken and I'm going to be the person that doesn't break when shit gets bad. And that race was the seed of that for that tree if you're keeping the oak tree analogy. So for me, it's been the oak tree in the storm. Man, powerfully said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review, rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.